Hey guys, this is uh, something new we're trying out. It's an add-on to our Andre the Giant uh, two-part series where we interview uh, comedians or maybe reporters or maybe other people that just really like wrestling about the specific wrestler we have reviewed that week. Uh, we will only be doing this for our larger episodes like this Andre the Giant episode where we get the very talented comedian Mike Lawrence to talk about it. Or uh, we'll be trying to get some other people basically on to talk about Randy Macho Man Savage in our four-part uh, series we'll be doing after we do Larry Zabisco this week. And nobody wants to talk about Larry Zabisco. Pretty much not even us. Ha 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 ha. But please enjoy this. Uh, it's kind of an abridged interview uh, with Mike Lawrence. Thanks very much for listening, guys, and hope you like it. All right, cool. We're here with uh, Mike Lawrence. Uh, he's a comedian and a bunch of other bullshit. Thanks for being on the show, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers. So basically, we're going to start doing this as kind of an amendum to our two-part series on Andre the Giant. Uh, what were your first memories of Andre as a kid, Mike? We're pretty much the same age. I remember seeing him, like, in suits. You know, <laughs> I saw him in, like, the street clothes and, like, kind of, like, Wolverine, a, a Canadian, uh, he looks way more intimidating in street clothes than he did in his classic costume. Yeah, the because the only thing here's the weird thing is the only time this is going to sound, sound, sound like such a weird thing, but the only people that else that wore, wore that costume with the one nipple exposed were all jobbers. Yeah. So like the first time I saw that costume was like remember that dude on Piper's Pit. Where they were just getting Roddy Piper off the ground, where it's like, hey, here's an Italian. Yeah. No, he, and he's like Columbus, Ohio. I think it's like Puerto <laughs> Rican or something. Yeah, exactly. And then Roddy, they're basically like, hey, uh, Roddy, we got you an Italian guy. Uh, be racist. And he was like, oh, I got it. Don't worry. So. <laughs> I'm just going to be me. <laughs> I have a notepad that says, say what you think. And now I'm doing it. So good. But yeah, it's so like he wasn't intimidating, and then like I saw the Saturday Night's main event thing on like a VHS, and I think Andre the Giant might be the most successful wrestler ever who didn't have like a cool finishing move. Yeah, I mean, I think his finishing move was just his disease. <laughs> like, like he just stands on like it's only stuff that he could do that makes sense to him, but. At the same time, I think that, uh, you know, finishing moves just weren't as big of a thing back then. Yeah, but that that comes with, like, that's one of the things that I think Vince McMahon, I don't know if he changed wrestling that way, but, like, just the marketing of everyone has to, everyone has to have a definable finishing move. Because the way Andre won the title with the double referee thing was... A suplex that was like, I'm slowly going to put this man in a boat. It wasn't even like a suplex. It was just like, you're now you're on the ground and I pinned you. Um, but like his finishing move was like, he had the, he did the, what the fuck, the bonsai drop for a bit. So yeah, it was, it was less of a thing. Um, but it was, it was nice to see like, like that's why I like Braun Strowman because He's the only dude that big who doesn't just use a fucking choke slam as a finisher. Yeah. Did you ever see Afro Andre? I've seen pictures of him in the past. I mean, I think yeah, Braun Strowman is a good comparison because it's like Braun Strowman is yeah, like I mean, obviously he's not as tall, but like 
he, he is a good comparison. Braun Strowman is the defense for why it's good that there's 20 writers, you know? Like, everyone always shits on that idea, but it's like Andre, because he'd go from territory to territory, he didn't have to change anything at all, and I'm sure it was boring, but you didn't notice because, you know, you, you only had your local TV, whereas, like, Braun Strowman being on TV every week, they have to come up with new things. I think that's why he's my favorite wrestler, like the ambulance flip, the El Kabong upright bass, you know? Oh, dude. <laughs> And the a little kid. I, I oh man! Mania, just because it's like that clearly was the type of thing that only a room full of writers would come up with. But I thought it was fun. But the thing is, here they're literally moving towards Strowman just being the new Andre the Giant, right down to the fact that it's like, oh, if you're a bad guy, he'll rip you, your head off uh, your shoulders and throw it in the audience. But if you're a good guy, look how much he likes kids. You know, I mean, which was imagine, yeah, imagine if, like in '86, at like WrestleMania two, you know, while I think he was still a face, he picked a kid out of the audience, you know. And if you were watching that, like, I don't know why. I know I'm bringing up the modern product. But I don't know why that they relinquished the Nicholas thing. What they should have done is just had Braun pick a new champion in every town, and you'll know, sell a ton of house show tickets. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, sunglasses. And it fucking ruins the tag titles that it's like. Yeah, man, but who cares? Yeah, true. I get. Anyway. I guess They're you've not got tickets. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they and they've got like two and they've got two brands working together and like, uh, and you see this they booked Andre exactly the way they've booked every big man since like right down to like. Strowman was feuding for the fucking universal title, and then uh, he lost, so now he's in the tag division where he easily wins with, like, silly partner. Do you think that, like, do you think that they need to, like, reinvent that formula, or do you think it's, like, right in Vince's head, and this is kind of how everything will always be? I mean, I think, like, the Andre formula is really smart because it's its own main event. And you don't need to base it around any continuity or belts or anything if you don't want. I yeah, mean, true. As long as Vince is alive, look at this guy is going to be a reason to hire someone. I mean, they've obviously tried to recreate it over and over again. I mean, great Kali, uh, Yokozuna, yeah, man, Gonzalez, like, but I like, that, I, I, I think that Andre would not have lasted as long had, you know, he lived in the modern TV era. Oh, my. I think he only was as dominant and undefeated, which I know he lost sometimes. But, you know, the illusion of all that, the Rio de Janeiro tournaments, all that stuff, like, I think Andre is very much of that time. And mythically... He could only exist back then. I think that if he was a wrestler now or in the 90s, you know, where they have to put the attraction on every week, he would not be special at all. Yeah, and that's the thing that's the best about Andre the Giant is that he came along during that fucking awesome time in wrestling where you didn't have to have nine goddamn hours of television. Because they're like, try they try and do the same thing with Brock, 
But, like, look what happened to Brock at WrestleMania. Like, every Andre the Giant match was essentially the same, right? Every Andre the Giant match was essentially the same. And now they're fucking doing it with Lesnar and everyone's so fucking mad. I mean, yeah, like, you, can you imagine uh, this is back then, like, they buried Big John Studd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, yeah. Very Big John Studd in real life. But <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing is, like, because the, the HBO documentary is going to come out, and they're, they're basically, everyone who's seen it, the review is, oh, he was too big for this world, and what a sad man. But it's like, like when we did the two-part series, we just kind of figured, like, yeah, he was sad, but he kind of gets a free pass for it. But he was also, like, a big piece of shit to people like Big John Studd. And, like... Bad News Brown, that story on the bus. What was the Bad News Brown story? That... He was very racist on the bus and started calling Bad News Brown the N-word. And Bad News Brown was like, yo, we better, uh, you know, step outside. And Andre the Giant was like, sorry, boss. I mean, it's clearly <laughs> Bad News Brown told to put himself over as a badass, but it has been uh, verified by other wrestlers there that... You know, this, you know, Bad News Brown was what, like a bronze medal judo guy? And yeah. All that. He would have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the whole thing about Andre is like, oh, no one wanted to mess with Andre. It's like, he moved so badly. Like, he would have just he, been. Uh, there was another one was Kamala pulled a gun on him once. What? <laughs> Kamala pulled a gun on him, like, when? I think in the 80s. Like, I've just, I've just read about this stuff. Like, he was just like. All right, you know, I mean, Andre was just being racist and saying the N-word, and Kamala was like, let's go. It's like, I already have to deal with the racism of this gimmick. <laughs> I drop wounds on my tits. Like <laughs> well, that's something my, uh, my buddy pointed out that I didn't really realize, where it's like they have the Nia Jax body positivity angle, and then they just debuted No Way Jose, Jose who's literally like, he's black. This guy loves to dance. <laughs> and and I was trying to do the math and I was like I think in wrestling the number of like black shaman and black guys who just love the dance actually outnumbers like the amount of people where it's like this black gentleman is a competitor you know it's like Ron Simmons Ahmed Johnson and fucking Bobby Lashley full stop like there's no one else but it's like you spin spin <laughs> you'll be a competitor but you also have to love the dance <laughs> um your brother didn't like dancing and he was fire <laughs> that's why i love have you heard any stevie ray shoot interviews because he's out of the business and this dude just lets it fly yeah i just need a translator <laughs> he's the angriest like, they do vlogs, like, video podcasts with him, and he's the angriest man I've ever seen on a podcast. Like, his eyes, thinking about Terry Taylor, like, he wants to rip this dude's heart out. It's the best. Yeah, it is funny. Like, you'll listen to hours of shoot interviews and be like, oh, so when are you the asshole? <laughs> <laughs> oh, never? I mean, I think that's another, to bring it back to Andre the Giant, uh, <laughs> I'm hosting for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, let me yawn so I feel like John. <laughs> Dude, that shit makes me want to fucking... 
dude, the 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 last episode uh, we record, we have the last Andre episode. I just made a five minute track of John just breathing into the microphone and sent it to him. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about uh, Andre is that you know he's pre shoot interview, he's pre podcast, like because you know when we're talking about the mystique, the myth. All of that would ruin it, you know? Well, you know, Stone Cold, I was big, so that's why I sit on them. Like, <laughs> he like, would remember, like, if you go online, you can see, like, old, like, Mo and Larry from the Three Stooges, and it's just like, we realized that the eye poke was funnier than when we slapped him in the face. <laughs> like, I don't need to know this. <laughs> well because that's the thing that's the thing we like uh like on the show i i want to do more like dudes from like the 50s and 60s but like the information out there is just so limited like you legit like andre the giant was around for 20 years before he really hit the mainstream so you got like 16 years of a spry andre the giant maybe being racist to people in like rural france that we'll just never know about yeah, I mean, I think he also ate half of the people he was racist to. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a fine line. <laughs> there's a fine line with people like Andre because you can't make fun of uh, like his disability. That's horrible. But like, wait, let's go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I, see, someone at, someone like saw the documentary and asked me. If I thought that, like, the way that he talked had something to do with his disease, if he was mentally challenged, I don't think he really was, because I think when he spoke French, he was very, like, fluent and, you know, uh, very competent. Oh, I don't think that it was all that he was mentally challenged whatsoever. It's just legit his, it's just his, it was just his disease made him basically incomprehensible and like i said like in in the show like dude this guy was this guy had surgery in the 80s like there's no way that doctor knew anything he was like oh you got a thing that's making your button get bigger okay we'll turn the button off oh no there's tons of blood i'll go to the manual like there's no way they knew at all what they were getting into about you know like modern modern wwe is like so weird how they push this idea of like loyalty and importance you know and yeah. like the whole like cm punk left because he didn't love the business or brock lesnar only wrestles for the money which is like shouldn't you wrestle for money is that a good thing yeah <laughs> and you know like andre like wrestled her you know like and they look at that they show that as like, like whenever they talk about WrestleMania three, like how he manned up and how brave it was that he did it, and then it's like, yeah, I guess. But then he like stayed with the company, and I feel like that was a real sadness. I think what that was was that that was his identity, and he had nowhere else to go. I mean, he did the yeah. Princess Bride, but at the same time, like how much casting was he gonna get? You know. Like, that's kind of the perfect role, but there's not much more for him besides that. And so, you know, also, I mean, the thing that no one ever mentions, all those wrestlers, you know, the main reason that they got into acting, right? Uh, Union. Yeah, the sad cards. Yeah. Yeah. 
and they tried again. They tried again to unionize, but then Raven was at the head of it. So I assume their settlement was Raven gets three joints. You know. <laughs> There's a fucking hilarious story on another podcast where Raven, so they're at like some, I think it was live audio wrestling back in the day, but they're at some like WrestleCon convention, right? And Raven is at a vending machine in this like shitty comfort inn and uh, (laughs) Raven can't get the Snickers he bought to come out of the machine. So the dude from the podcast just like buys one and then Raven takes both Snickers and then immediately asks him for a job. <laughs> One of the most wrestling stories ever. Um, I feel like you could have like a pro wrestling version of you might be a redneck. Like, you get, you get a girl and you can't tell which is your skirt and which is her skirt. That's so Raven. <laughs> What's the line between your character and your real life pill addiction? Here's a hint. There is none. Snort your pot. That's so <laughs> um, Why, just closing up here, but why do you think that the WWE love Andre the Giant so much? Because his last appearance was on a WCW program. He kind of distanced himself from uh, the WWF right at the end because they wouldn't let him wrestle. And he never really, he never really was nice to Vince Jr. He only liked the dad, which is like a real weird thing with Vince, where it's like, your last name can't be Jr. And clearly just wanted, he was jealous of the disease that killed his father because he wanted to do with it with like a fucking sword, you know. So like, why do you think that the WWE loves there Andre so much? Only one. Highlander, <laughs> <laughs> <Islander>, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, I I think uh, I, I definitely think that a lot of that is you know rewriting history, which the WWE is very good at. Uh, did you know that DX was as popular as the NWO? <laughs> um, and I think yeah, it's definitely you know as as a comic book fan, they call it retconning. I think it's a huge retcon. I think that his you know that company, you know how he is like. Like, like, for instance, I remember I got tickets to um, a house show at MSG. Um, shout out to Dolph Ziggler. Yo. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a huge comedy fan. He's the greatest dude. So anyway, uh, I go, and there was this Aunt May-looking woman in the front row. And I had no idea who she was. Um, is that Kevin Owens' grandma? And did she give him all the cookies? Uh, <laughs> and, um, and I found out that she's at all of the MSG house shows. She's Betty Skoland, uh, Arnold Skoland's wife. Holy shit. Widow, and Vince just does that. Like, I think that loyalty, I don't think that that expansion happens without Andre. I think that you know, when he's taking over the other territories, solidifying Andre in the company was a huge death blow. Yeah. And so that loyalty, even I, I know that he was more of a, you know, 
friend of the father's, but he still did that for the son. I mean, it was a smart decision anyway, but, you know, he was in the uh, the cartoon show. I just think that, like, there was a loyalty there. Yeah, and... and he didn't have a sex tape where he said a lot of awful stuff. So, he's, you know, an untarnished face of the company. Uh, when, honestly, there aren't that many. Like, how many stars are there of uh, Andre's caliber that haven't been you know, smudged by history. Like, like the whole Moolah thing happened and like, they didn't even bother to try to find somebody else. <laughs> so well, they're like, here's a vagina statue. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't own, they don't own the library for those old female wrestlers. Like this clearly, it is clearly a blind spot. I was thinking about this today about like, how Stephanie McMahon's initiative... Have you heard that super creepy quote she had where she said philanthropy is the new marketing? So, like... I mean, mean, that's the... the, Think think of all the fat dead guys who aren't in the Hall of Fame or, you know, Vader who's got cancer or Kamala who has no legs or Perry Saturn who's homeless. You know, guys, like, they never promote their Kickstarters, you know, or their Patreons or whatever. Like, guys who are, like for money they never do anything about that but it's easy to show like a sick kid or an injured soldier that has nothing to do with the company because it's great pr i nothing against those people but it's like help your own also yeah they can only they can only do so many all dead guy classes of the hall of fame you know i mean there was none this year at all i mean other that's crazy by the time he was done (laughs) <laughs> and, and legit the only pause, you can see when he becomes a ghost was awesome because like he was like the least qualified and he's like i'm just gonna milk it <laughs> well he like he got a job after being in the w uh but after, after like quitting wrestling essentially that was just like it's talk. It you know what, what the fuck was it? It was like bite this with like Todd Grisham and Hillbilly Jim and like people yeah, would call it. Ambassador for years. I saw yeah. him at live events and stuff because yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. They have so few people that join another company or do something awful or don't want anything to do with the business anymore. And so Andre died before any of that. You can edit the legend. You know, having him. As the first Hall of Fame class, all of that stuff, the, I mean, the the fact that, you know, all these guys win a battle royale that has nothing to do with him, there's no prize or anything, it's just, it's just a fun thing, I mean, I think it's a name that people will always remember, um, and it's, yeah, and the legend will just continue to grow, yeah, like, it's good that there isn't that footage, you know, it totally you is. So many hours of Andre the Giant on the network and judge his work rate and, you know, give him Meltzer stars and all that, <laughs> like everybody else, the power is only going to fade. Yeah, for sure. So and I, keep him this way forever. And, the, oh, and I think the major thing that works in his favor is like, like you said about that, he's one of the only wrestlers who just died of a disease that he had before wrestling. Like 
he didn't die because he was pilled up and he ran into a stop sign or he was pilled up and any other thing you can say. Pilled up and insert reference. gave him everything also took everything away. It was a blessing and a curse. Yeah, like, uh, he... He's one of the most tragic figures in wrestling history, but also one of... Yeah, you can't... Like, do you think he was overrated, or do you think you can overrate someone like Andre? I don't think he was overrated because he perfectly served his purpose, you know? I mean, it's like, I I just watched that Hogan match again at Mania, um, and I think that, like... It doesn't matter that it's not, like, a super fun, energetic match. Like, there's emotion there. It really, you know, like, I think him and Heenan uh, were the best thing that happened to each other. Yeah. I mean, that's what's crazy about Andre, too. Like, this is a guy who could barely talk that didn't have a manager for years. But it's like, just the look, the presence talked enough. But Heenan elevated him. And then, yeah, just that, like... Keenan had had all these other people, but once he got Andre, like that was the exclamation point on his feud yeah. with Hogan. And just, I mean, it's amazing that like that whole twin uh, double ref thing, which is so awesome, that happens almost a year after Mania. And now, I mean, once again, this is why I don't think like Andre could exist now. They would have, you know, already done that at Backlash a month later. Like the fact that. They separated them, they protected him, you know, that he's in Survivor Series, but not that much, like only squash matches, I think just added to it. I mean, I'm sure if I look at like the 1987 calendar, there may be like a month or two that he's not even around and that just adds to it. Like when people criticize Lesnar for that, you know, the fact that he's greedy or whatever, um... It just makes him special. Like, he's the first, you know, WWE Network star. Like, yeah. you have to buy the network to see him wrestle. And they should have more people like that. It's They're just, trying to sell the network. Yeah, it's just the erosion of, like, it's just, man, it's nine hours of fucking TV. Like, you yeah. think about how, like, the on the Heenan story and then Andre coming with Heenan because he's totally justified and why he turns heel – and then, like, the double referee thing and how me- how that melds into the Million Dollar Man and how that melds into, like, the mega powers and the mega powers colliding. Like, you could say Andre was, like, the ba- Andre basically, in a way, like, helped sell the first, like, four or five WrestleManias just because that – and that long-term storytelling just isn't, like, uh, available to the writers now. Um, but I was going to close on this. Uh, what is your favorite thing about Andre Giant, uh, the Giant, and what do you uh, not like the most about him? I think my favorite thing about Andre the Giant is that um, I don't think he ever murdered his wife or family. No, <laughs> there you go, baby. <laughs> Get right in there. It's like, no, he rolled over a bed once, and... Uh, <laughs> oh, yo. Did I do that? <laughs> no, I think, I think the best thing about him was uh, that, yeah, that larger-than-life... I think that every facet of pop culture deserves legends and myths that we don't know too much about. Like, you know, music would be a lot sadder if... Johnny Cash had a Twitter page. Like <laughs> nowadays, everybody goes on Fallon and dances and does meme stuff. And 
you know, like this is a guy who, yeah, just didn't like. You look at the Big Show, and you know, he's on Twitter, and yeah, podcasts and documentaries and shoot interviews and all this stuff, and even just when like he the could have been special, and yeah. he could have been turned and whatnot. And I think Andre is just a reminder of a more special time. And, you know, yeah, if he's, you know, Andre is the Beatles, then uh, Big Show is their solo careers. <laughs> yeah, and plus... Be good, but the magic isn't there anymore. Well, and plus, like, imagine Andre the Giant with a theme song. Like, that's the thing about the Big Show I can't unlearn. Like, when I... Whenever I see the big show come out, I'm like, I hear that like dad blues band and I'm like, oh, big show is angry. Someone fucked up the trimming on his lawn. Yeah, it just literally feels like like Vince McMahon heard the theme of Roseanne and like, they're fatties. He's a fatties. <laughs> <laughs> Roseanne now. Oh, my God. Husband's dead tonight. <laughs> Roseanne Barr with managing the big show is what wrestling wants and deserves. <laughs> Just <My client. laughs> Trans people's an oxymoron. Get him, Paul. <laughs> Her singing the national anthem as he comes down. To oh, the yes, yes. Like classic. You flag as a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I, you better believe that, like, if Andre was in, legitimately, if Andre was in, like, if he had maybe, let's say they find a cure for the disease, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Six years, six years later, he's in the Attitude Era, and for sure they're doing a thing where it's like, how about you shit your pants, but you're also hard, because Sable's there. I mean, it's like the Nia Jax thing, like, Vince loves watching big people cry. I think it's <laughs> the funniest thing, I think. I think the only thing that he can come do is a fat person eating like a damaged cake. <laughs> he holds his own Food Addicts Anonymous meetings just to masturbate behind a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't help yourself, can you? So what's the best thing about Andre the Giant? Soon. Uh, <laughs> I think the, the worst thing about him is that he clearly wasn't in it anymore and that he I I think, you know, I give him being an asshole a pass more than like, you know, some other people. Like like no one should hate Japanese people, but if you can't use their toilets you might be angrier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I just can't imagine what it was like for him to fly, all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, the worst thing is just he clearly couldn't go anymore, but he also just had nowhere else to go or nothing else to do. I think the prison he built for himself, I think that he was an addict, that he needed those cheers and that adulation. You know, like nobody ever even says Andre Rusimov. They just say Andre the Giant. And I don't think he was ever able to be that guy. Um, that's so sad. That's literally the saddest thing. <laughs> no one ever said Andre Rusimov. They only said Andre the Giant. It's so yeah. sad, but it's so true. Like that's because that's why he performed a hundred percent. That's why he performed just because like he needed to feel like he was contributing to something more than 
Because, like, I, uh, I I don't know, obviously, I don't know what it's like to be uh, diagnosed with a disease, but, like, I assume it's like, you have a year to live. Oh, my God, I better get, I better go on a trip I've never, but when someone goes, like, you have 20 years to live, you're like, fuck, I guess I'm just playing out the clock here, but knowing the whole time I'm going to die? It must be fucking terrifying. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, the drinking stories and all of that stuff. I mean, the way that I look at wrestling is... I accept that I'm probably being lied to most of the time, but the social contract is I'm willing to believe it anyway. It's like whatever height they say of his, okay, minus Hogan, uh, you know, whatever amount of beers, whether maybe it was 40, maybe it was 100. I feel like those wrestlers that that are alive that are saying that are doing that for themselves too. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I think it's a mutual thing. Yeah, and uh, that's a perfect way to end. Thanks very much for uh, being on the podcast, man. Uh, what's your Twitters? My Twitter is at the Mike Lawrence, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm a fan of your guys' show. Oh man, thanks for doing this, dude. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. Have a good one. All right, you too, buddy.